This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Love to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, via X, formerly Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Harvey and Joe. Yeah, Joe Leo's back. We're here until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon Damer. Larry Hardesty, how we feeling, my friend? I'm doing good. Thank you, sir. I'm doing good. Nice day today. A little brisk this morning, but, uh, you know, beautiful day. It's feeling a little bit like uh, fall. And I can tell you that the next next time the sun sets after 7 o'clock is not until March. Wow. So we're in for it now. And soon it'll be dark in the morning and dark in the evening. And when you go for your walk now, you'll notice you, there's some leaves on the ground. They got that yes. little crunch now, Larry. They, first yes. they start falling. It's just a random leaf. Now, yes. now you step on them and there's a little crunch to it. All jokes aside, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, when you're walking, walking yourselves, walking with your favorite pet, please wear those protectors so I can see you. Gordon, oh, yeah, especially um, at night, yeah. Please wear those yeah, they, protectors. All of a sudden, people pop up out of nowhere. Whoa, didn't you yeah. see that guy? Yeah, I didn't see him. <laughs> or the animal. Right. <laughs> you know, sure. Because the animal's smaller than you. So yeah. Sometimes you see the animal more because you'll see their eyes kind of shining. Yeah, oh, what's that over there? Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a dog. Yeah, uh, unless you have a Great Dane or a German Shepherd, yes. then you're riding that horse, then I'll yes. see you. But otherwise, Absolutely. please, and especially for the kids, you know, after school, bus running, games, you know, got practice, running late. Please wear those little protectors so we can see. It's very important. I thought that we had gotten to a point where we're not ch- we're not changing the clocks back anymore. There's nothing more depressing too. than when they change the clocks back and then it's like four o'clock and it's dark outside. Yeah, you, you wake up, it's dark. You get to lunch and then it, the sun starts setting for some reason. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. But, but it's, we got football. We got yes, that we do. Keep, that that is almost like it's the fair show. You're going to have bad weather. You're going to have yep. to deal with all these different things. Yes. But we'll give you football <laughs> and you'd make that trade. I I don't mind sitting in the house with the mm-hmm. dark outside watching a little football. Absolutely. I can't beat it. A uh, little concerned, though, about what the weather is going to be like Sunday in the parking lot, Gordon. I'm do, just wondering do you mean what the, the temperature, the literal temperature, or the figurative, te- like the, the temperature in the room, the mood of the scene on both. Sunday? <laughs> both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm concerned about both temperatures uh, because I, I'm just, you know, Ritzamini and we'll. He'll join us tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had some stats today that are not going to make Jeff fans happy. They're not going to make him happy. It's, it, it's, it's a harsh reality as to the situation that the Jets are in. Well, harsh it, it's usually darkest before the dawn. If, if no, you not had in gone this case. into this game no, thinking no, 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 nothing but good things, that's when the roof caves in. That's true. But, but in this case, it's, it's, it's what the Jet fan base feared to be true. And and it's what uh, you could say, even though they they've tried their best, has been franchise malpractice. You could say that. Uh, he has some stats that are just, Gordon. They're alarming. They're yeah. alarming. They wow. really are. So we'll share that with you a little later. But now, let's tell you what else we're talking about tonight on ESPN New York tonight on this Wednesday, September twentieth. We begin going with the New York Football Giants. Well, I know what Brian Dayball was trying to do yesterday, but. Dable came to his senses. Saquon Barkley out game tomorrow night. Ben Bredesen out of the game tomorrow night. Offensive lineman. Andrew Thomas out of the game tomorrow night. Aziz Ojaleri out of the game tomorrow night. But 
I think by the third quarter, I'm going to be out of the game tomorrow night. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. You and I will keep each other company. Yes, absolutely. But I will say this. Joe Leo, I need you to bring a survival kit for Harvey in case things go bad early tomorrow night, Gordon, because it could be ugly. It it has the potential. It could be ugly in the studio. So, Joe, we're, we're counting on you to keep Harvey sane. Because, wow. you know, I, I, can we really ask Joe to do that? <laughs> Keep him sane. What about make him sane? <laughs> no, Joe so, can only do too much. He only has two hands left. Come on. Uh, unfortunately, Giant fans, the offensive line is going to be the same as last week. Oh, God. Azidu at left tackle, Glowinski at guard, Michael Smith at center, McKethan and Ryan Neal at your guard and tackles on the right side. Oh, by the way, did you see that they – Worked out an old friend. Justin yeah. Pugh was working yeah. out, Gordon, to try to help the team out. Well, that's a name that's been has been mentioned a few times. Some fans have brought that up. Hey, what about Justin Pugh? He's a former Giant. He's a free agent. He's not that old. We certainly need some help. Yeah. We haven't heard anything one way or the other. If they're going to sign him, they're not going to sign him. But um, it, it's a move that would certainly make some sense if he can, if he can play. Now, he is still a free agent. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe it's not the slam dunk. The Gi- Giant fans are remembering one version of Justin Pugh. Maybe he's right. not at that level. Clearly, he's not at that level anymore. So mm-hmm. uh, we shall see. I, I, it might depend on how things look tomorrow night. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, also, remember, Gordon, know your opponent, part one tonight. Mm-hmm. Josh Dubow, Dubow, I'm sorry, Niners beat writer for Associated Press will join us at 10 o'clock. Let's see what the Niners are talking about in Frisco. By the way, Giants, 10-point underdogs. I saw 10 and a half today. Okay, I have 10. Right, okay. So that means it's, well, it's once going, Barkley up the, went out, going up by the minute. Yeah, it's going up by the minute. And once they saw Barkley's out, probably might be 11 by, by game time yeah. tomorrow night. As far as the Jets are concerned, they are a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home against New England. Greg Zerline, Tony Adams are questionable for Sunday. Today was a rest day for Brown, Becton, and John Franklin Myers, who should be okay to play. Michael Carter II, Quincy Williams, and Brees Hall were all limited, in, limited participants. And, Gordon, the NFL did what the NBA does, which makes no sense to me. The NFL announced today that the roughing the passer call on John Franklin Myers should not have been called on Sunday. Okay, great. Thanks. A lot, a lot of good. And what are we supposed to now. do with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. I'm glad you looked at the video. So, what what happens? Does does the official get fined? I mean, what happens? What happens? Well, you made the mistake. Oh, great. Thanks. It's <laughs> good to know. Good I'm to sure know. That, help us. You should get you should get like a jet get out of jail free card the next time. Exactly. Like you already screwed one up, and you you have to keep it on you. Yep. If you're John Franklin Myers, you got to keep it in the in the shoulder pads, and then yep. when you get one, you break it out. Yep. That's it. We're even. To go. <laughs> we're we're even. even now, right? Yeah. We we're back to zero. <laughs> you called one that didn't exist. This one does exist, but I'm, I'm you wipe that one out. I'm wiping this one out. That's it. That's a good idea. I like that. I like that. Turning to baseball, friend of the show Pat Ragazzo of SI says the Mets and Peter Alonso have had discussions for a long-term deal. And while they're on the same page financially, Gordon, they're far apart when it comes to years on the deal. Mm. A team source told Inside the Mets, the same source, <laughs> that same source, said Alonzo seeking a 10-year deal, which is to be expected. 
Yeah. Nemo got eight. Well, well look, it, it's, it's negotiation, so mm -hmm. you're going to start high and come down. But, right, if Nimmo got eight and McNeil got five and 40-year-old guys are getting three-year deals, then you have to expect it's, it's not going to be a five-year deal. No. No, it won't Maybe. be five years. I, I would think it's probably going to be eight years. I'd settle for eight. I'd settle for eight. Okay. As long as I can start one next year. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> the fact that they're negotiating now is a good sign for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, David Stearns. I'm still wondering what is he going to do. I'm, I'm still wondering, Gordon, does he – does he bring Buck Showalter back, especially if Council wants to take a year off, as the rumor is around baseball? So if Council wants to take a year off, then let Buck work out the rest of his contract. And as Kay mentioned earlier, Gordon, let the losses next year be on Buck's record. You get who you want after he's done, and you bring your new people in, and then away we go in 2025. The only problem with that is if the Mets have a bounce-back season next year, you're going to move off the manager after you know, if they make the playoffs next year, it all of a sudden becomes a little bit more of a sticky wicket that, it does. you know, how do we deal with this moving forward? Yep. I think that they should announce, it should be announced here right when the season ends. Yeah. Whether or not Buck's coming back. I agree. You should keep him in limbo. Mm-hmm. Should I keep him? Wow. Johnny Cueto. I just happened to be passing through the Met game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Johnny Cueto's been hitting the cerveza. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I digress. All right. Uh, elsewhere on the rundown, Kareem Hunt back with the Browns after Nick Chubb's injury. According to our Adam Schefter, Hunt agreed to a one-year deal worth up to $4 million. Hunt would help patch up the backfield in wake of Nick Chubb's season-ending injury. Chubb and Hunt played the previous four seasons together, but Hunt asked for a trade last year after the Browns declined to extend his contract. Now, the trade couldn't be made before the deadline, but Hunt had visited multiple teams since March as a free agent, so that allowed him to do what they had to do, and now he's back in Cleveland. And boy, do they need a running back. <laughs> yeah, well, the kid Jerome Ford looked certainly promising mm -hmm. um, on up. Monday night. So and this is the thing. that Like, teams have guys, and mm -hmm. you can go out and get a really good guy cheap. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Kareem Hunt, is a he might have lost a step, but he's, he's still a pretty good back. Agreed. He's had some good seasons for Cleveland, yep. before that for Kansas City, so... Uh, another reason why teams are not going to break the bank paying their own running backs when you can get guys pretty cheap and they're pretty good. Speaking of running backs, Gordon, the Minnesota Vikings continued their aggressive response to their rushing woes today. They acquired running back Cam Akers from the Rams. Deal which is pending a physical includes a swap of 2026 draft picks with the Vikings also getting a conditional seventh round pick and the Rams getting a conditional sixth rounder. Vikings have an NFL low rushing 69 yards this season after saying bye-bye to starter Dalvin Cook, replacing him with longtime backup Alexander Madison. They have also attempted only 23 carries by running backs while funneling most of their offense through the passing game that has produced the NFL's second most yards in 674. But uh, as far as the win record, eh, not so much. Yeah, it's, it's a strange situation with them, but, you know, moving off, Cook and Madison seemed like he was going to be the guy, right? He had yep. been the, the backup for so long, but sometimes those situations don't work out. I don't know if uh, if Cam Akers coming off that Achilles a couple of years ago, it looks like he's kind of lost a step a little bit as mm -hmm. well. So uh, we shall see. Needed a new opportunity for sure. Kyron Williams had kind of taken over that backfield with the Rams. So yep. Yep. Uh, we will see how uh, Cam Akers does. Sometimes you just need a fresh start. Sometimes you do. Those are some of the stories we'll be chatting about inside this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. 
When we return, we'll talk New York Giants because I'm done talking Jets for the night. We were talking, <laughs> we're talking New York Giants and uh, what they might do to have a chance to win in San Francisco. Gordon, as you know, Danilovsky was on the Michael K show today. And he had an interesting take about the Giants and Niners tomorrow night. We'll hear what he has to say and your thoughts as well on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey ran this. I reminisce. You know, Gordon, when Giants used to roll into Frisco, mm-hmm. beat the Niners mm-hmm. en route to the NFC, you know, beat them in the NFC championship game en route to the to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. He's he's reminiscing about those days. Wow. Reminiscing. Big regular season games. Absolutely. Phil Sims and mm. uh, Ronnie Lott going at it face oh. to face. And, and Mark Bavaro. I mean, all oh. the big names from back in the day when these that's two it. were the, the premier powers in the NFC. That's it. Oh, that's, that's what, what is it, Gordon? When football was football, played the way it ought to be. <laughs> exactly. No, no artificial turf, grass and dirt. That's when men were men. That's what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. Single face bar helmet. <laughs> Back in the day. Well, the Giants are there tomorrow night. They're whisking their way. They're, well, they were already west, so they're probably taking a little, little quick quick trip over to Frisco. Uh, Dan Olofsky, our quarterback here at ESPN, was on the Michael K show today, and the guys asked him, can the Giants beat the Niners tomorrow night? Yeah, of course, it's the NFL. So it's not easy. I don't, I don't want to intimate that it is. I'll start defensively. I think Wink Martindale has got to do two things exceptionally well. He's got to have the matchups absolutely greased. Who is going to be responsible for Debo Samuel? Who's going to be responsible for Kiddo? Because Ayuk uh, and McCaffrey, the, the hardest part about San Francisco's offense is those four guys, Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and really – Use check their fullback. All five of those guys can basically do every single role really well. They're all kind of, it's a limitless scheme. So Wink's going to have to, in those situations, have the right matchups on the right, in the right moment. That's going to start there. I would attack the right side of San Francisco's offensive line. It's not nearly as good <laughs> as the left one, and it's something you can get after. So defensively, that's, I think, how you do it. Offensively, two things. You better prioritize protection the way that they did last year and the way that they did in the second half against Arizona. That's really what flipped in that game was they, they got out of this five- or six-man protection and went back to more seven- and eight-man protections. Still threw the ball downfield. Second thing, Daniel should have at least six to eight designed quarterback runs. San Francisco has always, since Kyle has been there, struggled defending the quarterback run, struggled defending quarterbacks that utilize their legs. That has to be, this has to be a game where they lean into that. So for me, Gordon, uh, offensively, if Dan Olofsky is right, and he normally is with the amount of film study that he does, uh, I'm sure that the Niners have put in packages all week to put a spy on Daniel Jones. I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If there's no Saquon Barkley, and, you know, once again, Matt Breida is a, is a good, he's an NFL running back. He's not Saquon Barkley, but he's a functional running back. They have to know about RPOs that Jones does. You had to look at the second half of that game last week. Yeah, it might be, I, I might feel a little bit more confident if the Giants were anywhere close to full strength, but uh, without your left tackle, without your, your biggest playmaker in Saquon Barkley, um, 
the Giants have had a very up-and-down season and a very unpredictable season. The, the way, not that they lost to the Cowboys, but the way they lost to the Cowboys, the way they looked against the Cardinals in the first half and then how they looked in the second half. So if they want to continue that on, uh, pulling off a win against the Niners on a short week without uh, Barkley and without Andrew Thomas, that would certainly, as shocking as they've been so far, that would be the biggest shock. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And listen, that, that defense is nothing to play with, Gordon. That defense is outstanding. I mean, they're just loaded with stars. They are. They're just loaded with guys. Yeah. I mean, on both sides of the ball. So um, I thought coming into the season, it was going to be a little bit of a question because Purdy had had that elbow surgery and didn't have the strongest arm to begin with. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like it's holding him back any so far. I mean, they got the, on the offense, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. And, oh. and, and even if he they need to give him a rest, Elijah Mitchell was very good a couple of years ago. And Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk looks like he's taking another step. They had that guy Jennings, who's like a third receiver, but he's really good. Kittle, mm-hmm. the fullback. I, I mean, in terms of the offense, they were absolutely loaded. And then their defense, they, they, I mean, they got a ton of picks there too. Yeah, they do. They absolutely do. It's going to be interesting. Michael's in the Big Apple. Michael, start us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So I just want to talk about the Giants and how I believe they win tomorrow. I mean, they they have the best player on the field, and that's Daniel Jones. The quarterback uh, is the most important position. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Michael, Michael. going to be Michael. dominant. Michael, hold on, Michael. Let me let me let me hear what you said. Say that again. Who has the best Daniel player on Jones the field? Is the best. The New York Giants. Daniel Jones is the best player on the field. He is going. He's he's Eli Manning 2.0, but with legs. He can run, and he's going to show that over the course of his career. Now that he's got some weapons, you saw in the second half. Gable said, "Enough's enough. I'm going to start calling the plays." And, and you saw greatness. And I don't see why they can't beat this team. I mean, yeah, the 49ers are good. So what? A lot of teams are good. And the Giants are good. The Giants are better this year than they are last year. Just because they had a bad game one and bad six quarters, big deal. They're showing it now, and it's, and it starts second half of last week, and it starts to, uh, tomorrow night. Um, doesn't matter. Barkley's out. They still have enough guys. Waller's there. The receiver's there. Wondell Robinson's probably coming back. The offensive line was fine in the second half. Just give him some time, and, and he'll do his thing, Daniel. So uh, as long as you have number eight, you, you got a chance. All right, Michael. Thanks for the phone call. It's amazing what one half of good football against the worst team in the sport will convince people of. I, I just wanted to make sure I heard him correctly. Yeah. When he said Daniel Jones. Listen, and once again, I'm not taking anything away from Daniel Jones. Very good player. Excellent second half. Record-setting second half last week. But best player on the on the field against the Niners? Well, the problem is he's not surrounded with the weapons that the other quarterback is surrounded with. I mean, he's no. got he's got guys on top of guys on top of guys. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Hey, look, do the Giants have a chance? Yeah, of Absolutely. course they have a chance. It's, a, it's a, any given Sunday, any given yeah. Thursday night, Larry, on Amazon Prime. That's it. But Bezos, Bezos would, vision. Would you uh, – <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I, I got to get me some of that good stuff. That's it. Daniel Bezos Jones, vision, he, he threw 15 touchdowns last year. I know. He's thrown two touchdowns this year. Yeah. But he's hot. He's, he's the best he's player hot. in the field. Okay. Had a great second half. All right. You know, and listen, he's a giant fan. He's supposed to root for his team. I get okay. it. Okay. I'd like to have a and little. I get it. I'd like to be somewhat but, on in planet Earth. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, he's, you know, I, I get Comparing what he's saying. Comparing him to a uh, future Hall of Famer and Eli Manning. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're not there yet. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not there yet. Mike's in Florida. What's up, Mike? 
Yeah, gentlemen, I was wondering uh, if you're a Dolphin, uh, which Gordon is, who do you root for the Jets playing New England? Ooh, good question, Mike. I think I, I think I root for the uh, not that I root, but if I could put my finger on the scale a little bit, I probably it would probably be better for me if the Jets win because I think the Patriots are still a bigger threat, even though we've beaten them once already. Uh, I think I would probably want the I don't consider the Jets with Zach Wilson to me are not a threat. Right, uh, that that's a good point. And uh, Larry, who was your team? You, uh, do you, may I ask? Who was my team or who is my team? No, I meant uh, Mr. Larry there. Yeah, that's me. Who, I'm, who that's is, who's talking to you. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, okay. Yeah, who is your I know NFL Gordon and I both team? sound like Ed Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> who is your team? I don't have it. I don't have a football team, Mike. Did you have one growing up? I, I was. I grew up uh, in high school. I was a Steelers guy. Okay. I was a Pittsburgh Steelers okay. guy. And um, and then yeah, um, you, you know. You're welcome, Mike. And then I started after getting into the business, I started covering. I wanted to be I wanted to switch because the Steelers weren't that good. And I got my friends were getting on my case. How could you be a fan of a team out of town? Why don't you have a team in town? What's wrong with you? Blah, 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 blah. It's not like we got one team. We got two teams. Why don't you pick one? All right. But then, Gordon, I got into business and I started covering both. So I couldn't pick. I I couldn't do it. Sure. You know, at at that time, back in. Back back when uh, you know back when the West was won, mm-hmm. you know when you were on the air, Gordon, you couldn't you couldn't root for a team. No, that was <laughs> that, that was, was no good. Forbidden. Yes, absolutely. as a matter of fact, if you go back, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. There's ads that the New York Times used to have, mm-hmm. where they had this young kid that was a reporter trying to be a reporter to get on the staff of the Times. And, uh, you know, the, you, the one thing you definitely could not do, you couldn't root. You had no, all your stats and all this other stuff. So you couldn't root. So I never had, you know, I never did a, a, did a football I had to team. remain impartial. I remained impartial. As I got older, uh, I still maintained my Nick fandom. Mm-hmm. So, but but you couldn't tell on the air that I was a Nick fan. I just went over. Well, you really didn't sure. have any other option. Everybody was yeah. a Nick fan. Absolutely. But the two football fans, you know, it was a little different. God, I wish I would have gotten out. <laughs> if I could, I could have saved myself 25 years of misery, Larry. Oh, my God. Sleepless nights, angry, mad, yelling at the TV, wasted yeah. money, wasted years. I hear you. Uh, but no, back when you were, boy, if you were on the air, you could not. Gordon, it was like you couldn't even act like you rooted for a team. It, your Which is whole, so silly because I mean I you know. got into sports you had to be a fan of somebody exactly but but your whole uh, you know objectiveness was mm-hmm. up and up and was questioned no matter what you oh you can't be fair if you're rooting for a team oh it's emotional you got to be able to you know got to be able to report on the bad stuff with that team and if you're a fan you're not going to be able to do that you know that was the thought process then but we have evolved in some things well. Better or worse? I'm not sure. (laughs) Neither am I. (laughs) This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I got to tell you, I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing which Giants team is going to start this game tomorrow night, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't expect them to play as badly as they did against Dallas. I really do not. I don't expect that. 
I also don't expect them to play as badly as they did the first half against Arizona. I expect, but I God, don't I know. Not. Right. And, and I, and, but I don't think they're going to be as good as they were in the second half against Arizona as well. So they're going to be somewhere in between. So I'm really curious to see if, you know, is Dable going to make some more play calling? You know, is, is, is he going to handle it some more? What? And, yeah, I was listening to DPH on Rothenberg this morning, DNR 6 to 10, Monday through Friday on 98.7 ESPN. And it was amazing because Rick gave a stat. I didn't realize the giant defense has no takeaways and no sacks. No sacks. None. Zero sacks. And zero takeaways. They're the only team that has zero of both. So, what? which is surprising to me because Wink Martindale is the king of the blitz. Mm-hmm. And he normally pressures quarterbacks. Uh, so, you know, they're going to have to do something because they can't let Purdy sit back there all day and carve him up. They can't. Yeah, he just uh, they, they just want him to kind of distribute to, to all the different weapons that they have. So, uh, well, the Giants had an, a measuring stick game in, in week one, and that did not go how they wanted. <laughs> it couldn't have gone any worse. Yeah. So this is another measuring stick game against one of the top teams in the NFC. You came into this year wanting to think that you've closed the gap with the additions that you've made and another year older of the, of the young players that you have. So this is another chance to show that you have maybe closed the gap some. Let's yeah. see. We'll see. Can't be any worse than an opener. No, it can't be. So, Harvey, what are you looking for tomorrow? You, you're looking for – obviously, you're looking for a win. Okay, I get that. But as a Giant fan, you're looking for, if you don't have a win, uh, a competitive loss? Is that fair to say is what you're looking for? Sure. A fourth quarter game is what, I, is what I'd like for this one. If you can, if you can make this a seven-point game into the fourth quarter, I'll be all right with it. Okay. If if Brian Dable can coach up his team the same way he did last week in the second half, and carry that into this game, I could feel all right. Because you got the Seattle Seahawks after this at home on Monday night, uh-huh. so that's a winnable game. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah. If I can get a fourth quarter game or just a game where at least the offense breaks out a little bit better, I could be okay with it. Okay. All right. Although, I, although this this defense of mine is is getting me worrisome. Well, yeah, and I you know Jordan Jordan Runon had some had some notes in his article, Gordon, indicating that uh, for some reason on on some of the plays on Sunday. Uh, Lawrence and Williams were on the bench in in key you know in some key moments like short yardage plays and you're wondering like why was that the issue, especially with Lawrence who commands a double team clearly, um, and then you'd have Williams in there to pick up the slack. Although I will say, and once again, it's just two weeks. Williams Williams' name has not been mentioned. <laughs> it seems like a lot as far as the Giant defense is concerned. Yeah, I mean, it's still early. They've had two games which have been really odd. Uh, the, the first one it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel – their performance was horrendous, but they also got some really bad bounces in that game. So uh, I don't know that that's going to be the tone for the season. But if they go out here on a short week, shorthanded, and they get hammered again – yeah. It's going to be kind of hard not to look at that second half against Arizona. Like this game almost like in some ways clarifies what you saw in that second half. Was that second half just the, the result of a desperate team against maybe the worst team in the sport? Although the Bears are trying hard to overtake them. 
They are. Or is that, did they, did they figure something out? Did the light bulb finally go on? And now they're going to get back to who we think they're going to be. Yeah. They could do that and still lose this game, but I think it has True. to be, it has to yeah. be competitive throughout. Absolutely, absolutely. They they have to play like we, they have to play like the Giants can play. Gordon, mm-hmm. Th- that's all. That's all we're asking for. I mean, they got they got blitzed against Dallas. It happens. Teams have games like that where you do nothing right. But uh, you know, th- th- this is going to be an interesting test. So I'm very curious to see how this team is going to is going to sh- what they're going to show me tomorrow night. I'm very curious. Back to the phones we go. Dave is in Manhattan. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for the uh, for having me on. Look, I'm trying not to have this negative outlook here with the Jets, but I'm looking at them pushing Wilson at us, um, and I'm looking at the fact that the offensive line wasn't together. So I can't help but think if Rodgers was in there with all his savvy and all-pro Hall of Fame uh, acumen, you know, if you don't have a line, you don't have a line. He would have been under pressure. Um, I just think to have such a sophisticated offense that you could only hold on to Boyle and Wilson now and not even consider bringing anyone in, it's almost like I feel like the real organization has this. Somebody's got to take a hit because it's like, okay, we knew we didn't think Rodgers would go down in a heartbeat, right? But to really not have a better plan B, think of every other team in the NFL. Like, look at their teams that have backups, and they would have to coach guys up, and we know that it's not going to be as good as the first-string quarterback. But at least guys can come in and plug and play. There's not this, oh, it's only Rodgers system feeling. We can get a guy in there who's a professional who will take more reps, and let's go. I don't get that feeling from the Jets. What do you think about it? All right, Dave, uh, thanks for the phone call. Listen, there's been a lot of mistakes (laughs) Gordon has been made, and we've said it over and over again. If you you knew you were really bringing in Aaron Rodgers and you knew that the offensive line was not the way it was supposed to be, then, Gordon, you should invest everything, everything else you had to protect him. He had to be protected, all right, and they didn't do it. They didn't do it for the offensive line. And because of that, they didn't protect themselves because in the event of injury. And, Gordon, we said it over and over and over again. They're not really going to have Zach Wilson as a backup in case Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. I mean, they're going to bring somebody else in, right? And so now they're in a situation, really, much like they were in before, Gordon, where they could have gotten Joe Flacco. They had to end up sending a draft choice to get Joe Flacco when they didn't have to do that earlier, they mm-hmm. couldn't sign them when he was a free agent. So once again, they, they you know, it's 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 just mistakes, mistakes, no planning. They have made every possible mistake when it comes. It's almost not when you really think about it, and you take it in its totality. It's almost not surprising that Aaron Rodgers went down because they, of course he went down. Yeah. The Jets took him as their quarterback, and everything that they have touched here with this with that, at that position has been the wrong decision. Starting yep. with Zach Wilson. Uh, Starting him right away, taking him with the second pick over. I mean, every step of the way, they have gotten this wrong. So I get it. They thought by getting Aaron Rodgers, we've now solved that position. But the fact that they had somehow faith that Zach Wilson, if needed, was going to be up to the task, that that's a decision that you've made. 
Yeah. That's not that you just kind of fell, oh, well, we didn't think about that. No, they thought about it, and that was a decision they made. And that decision could very well be the difference. When Rodgers goes down, the entire expectation changes. Absolutely. But you could go from having a a, a solid eight-win season this year with a with a, a decent backup to being back at the four or five win. I mean, that's a big difference. You can't mm-hmm. you can't be as bad as they've been and then get to seven wins last year and, and completely implode and then take a step back. Yeah. Yep. How many years do you get? And then Dave, somebody will will pay for that. <laughs> we're we're killing uh, uh, Dable after like one game. Yeah. The Jets right. have had years to get this right, and it's, yep. it doesn't feel like it's really all that close to getting it right. That's right. You are correct. You are correct. Speaking of the Jets, I mentioned the article and some stats that Rich Samini has. Oh, Gordon. Oh, it's not good. We'll share those stats with you, and we'll take your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Sure, I know Gordon and I both sound like Ed Burns. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. So Gordon, uh, listen to these numbers that uh, Ritzamini gave us. The Jet offensive line ranks 32nd and, and 19th. So 32nd in pass blocking win rate and 19th in run block win rate. In pass blocking win rate, here here we go. Dwayne Brown ranks 68th out of 68 qualified tackles. 68 out of 68. That seems low. Makai Becton is 63rd. Okay. Also 68 in that category too, yes. I guess, right? Yeah. Yep. That's not good. No, I'm sorry. It's um no, he ranks 60. Brown ranks 68 out of 68. Yeah, Becton, yeah, 63rd out of 68, right. Okay. And uh, Connor McGovern is ranked 32nd among the 32 centers. Elijah More Vera Tucker. The pack. Mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker is the only player with a respectable rating. He's 36th. That's not very good either. And his his uh, I would have thought he would have been much higher. He's like the, the the saving grace here in the middle of the pack. Yeah, his pass blocking win rate, Elijah Vera Tucker is ninety point five percent. Okay, is that but good? his run blocking win rate is sixty three. Ooh, so that's the issue with him. My uh, school Dwayne days, Brown sixty three is not as good as ninety eight. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> and run blocking for Dwayne Brown is seventy two. Lincoln Tomlinson is eighty six. And and so and this Thomas is out of a hundred. Uh, I would think so. Yeah. Okay. I would think so. Well, I I, I don't think we need numbers. <laughs> I yeah. gotta be honest. I think if you just watch the games, you, you know it's not good, right? So um, now the question becomes, and here's some some um, conclusions that Samini has. He says Salah has options if things don't improve. He could return Beckton to his natural left tackle position. Or insert Tipman at center or left guard where Tomlinson has struggled, has been in pass protection, but he ranks great. He ranks second among guards in run production, in run blocking rate. This is Lincoln Tomlinson. It's like 86.1 in run blocking. But he's 81% in pass blocking. But, you know, uh, Makai Becton is a little better. So it's, it's, in other words, 
The offensive line needs work. <laughs> well, if you move Becton to left tackle, who's playing right tackle? Because aren't you just opening up another hole? <laughs> Isn't it just rearranging yeah. the deck chairs on the Titanic um, at that point? Yeah, probably so. But I think what he did. Um, would you put Brown at right put, tackle? Probably so. I guess that. Well, I don't know if he does right tackle. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like. I don't know if he does. And then he's got to adjust to it. So you're going to have another issue. Right. Yeah. You know. And he's 38. Yeah. Yep. And and so that's this just it's 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 an issue, Gordon. You were hoping that you would get to the season and it would be one of those talking points that we talked about in the preseason and that it turned out it wasn't as big a deal as we were all making it out to be and it's been a much mm-hmm. bigger deal. It's been Absolutely. it's been a, it's been a, it's been the biggest deal almost yeah. outside of the Rodgers injury, but you can kind of tie it into the Rodgers injury as well because he was running for his life as soon as he took a snap. So Yep. No wow. question. And no Tomlinson, question. another one, three-year, $40 million contract. That's right. You know, don't say that the Jets have not spent resources trying to address the offensive line. They have. They've done. They've they spent have. all the resources they can. Yep. They've all made the wrong moves. It's all the wrong moves. It's crazy. I think that was a Tom Cruise movie. All that, no, he was all the right moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the sequel, all the wrong moves. Yeah, this is a bad movie. <laughs> That's mm. what this is. Yeah. Wilson's in Jersey. Hey, Wilson, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. Uh, how you doing? We're good. Um, hey, uh, listen, um, I've been a Giant fan for over 40 years, right? And um, I, I don't think that the second half of the against Arizona was a fluke. I think uh, – I just think that I, – I don't want to hear anymore that this is Saquon Barkley's team. I, I like Saquon. But it's a small part. It's a small, uh, small percentage on the big picture. The big picture is Daniel Jones. That is, this is Daniel Jones' team, and uh, the Giants are going to go the way that Daniel Jones, Jones goes. You know, I mean, uh, everybody that says that this Saquon is Saquon's team, the way that and Saquon makes it go, that's, that, that's because they just don't like Daniel Jones. You know, as Saquon is a nice player, but like I said, this is Daniel Jones' team, and 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 they're gonna have to let him throw the ball, and he's gonna have to throw for 300 yards to the good receivers that they have, and and we see if uh, if, if if it's good enough. But uh, you know, for for all, the, all this, a lot of the media says this is Saquon's team. It's not. Daniel Jones is the best player on the Giants, and that's well, it. Well, that's and the case. The like Giants might be in a little bit of trouble. I hate to break it to you. If he's the best Thanks time, if he's the best player on the Giants, you might be. And now look, he's a nice player. He's an emerging player. I think he's getting better. Yes, he is. But I if we're so. saying that a guy who threw in his best season by far last year threw for thirty two hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns, and 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 everything is riding on him, I think you might be. Um, I think you might be overselling it. This is well, what hopefully I'm about. these Giant fans—they're out of their minds. Well, hopefully, Gordon, in his defense, he's got better weapons this year to get the ball down. Well, he's saying that he doesn't need Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley's out for this game. Oh, it doesn't matter. He doesn't need Saquon Barkley. What is it? Last year, you were all telling me how big Saquon Barkley was. You're telling me all I'll see. Oh, we got to sign Saquon Barkley to a long-term contract. Pick a lane. Yeah. No, I'm not ready to go that far. (laughs) They they can use Saquon. And no I, li- I, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's I think he's getting better. He is. Uh, and, I, and if he makes as many improvements this year as he made last year from when the season started, you'll be in really good shape. Yep. You will be. Mike is in Iceland. Mike, you're next on 98.7. Hey, 
Hi, guys. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Mike. Hey, uh, yeah, I wanted to, you know, I'm a, I've been a Jet fan for 52 years. I'm 60 years old, and I was really hoping that this year was going to be the year when we'd have some excitement, but it's certainly not looking that way. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I've tried to look, you know, at everything, you know, with the glass half full, but, you know, it, and unfortunately Rodgers did go down. But you know what? I think it goes deeper than that. If you look at our draft this year, first-round pick, Will McDonald. Second-round pick, Joe Tittman. Fourth-round pick, Carter Warren. Fifth-round pick, Israel Abaconda. Sixth-round pick, Zach Barnes. Sixth-round pick, Jarrett Bernard Converse. Seventh-round pick, Zach Kuntz. Can you tell me one player that's on the field? Well, the interesting thing, Mike, and thanks for the phone call, and we'll see what Samini has to say when he joins us tomorrow, Gordon. I'm really surprised that McDonald has not been able to find his way on the field because in the preseason, there was, he, he kind of jumped off the screen. And um, he wasn't active in the first game. The, the, the uh, Dallas game, he wasn't active because they activated Carl Lawson. And I don't remember even seeing Carl Lawson. <laughs> I don't remember seeing him on the field, to be honest. Lack of impact. So I don't know whether that changes. I know that from media reports, Salah was asked about it, and he his thought was you can only dress X amount of linemen. So I don't know whether that means that, you know, it's a numbers game or whether McDonald is, is a little behind or what that story is. But I thought that McDonald would be a, a little better, you know, a, a person that would make a, a – make his presence felt earlier as you go further down the draft choices though you know those are depth picks right gordon those are you know like special teams or practice squad and stuff mm -hmm. like that usually you start talking about six or seven uh but you know listen it's it's fair for me because i thought and you know izzy was hurt so you know the, the running back kind is hurt so you can't you know he's not available but uh, i am i am interested to see what's going on with mcdonald that's for sure and it wasn't like the Jets didn't want to take an offensive lineman in the first round. I'm sure they like Will McDonald, and, and he was their best option once the all the tackles were off the board. But it was pretty yeah. clearly uh, telegraphed that they were gonna they they were looking for an offensive lineman. It was it was so well telegraphed. The other team, what was it? The Patriots that moved up yeah. in front of them. I That's mean, right. other teams moved up, and and uh, all the tackles were gone. So. Um, Eventually, I'm sure Will McDonald will get in there and what he showed in the preseason. Maybe he will turn out to be a, a difference maker kind of player. But uh -huh. uh, yeah, they could have they could have certainly used an offensive lineman. That's that that's for sure. No question. And Tipman, uh, you know, really, they just decided that while they still had Connor McGovern on the contract and he was performing a little better, um, you know, they just felt like because remember that was that was another big story about how. McGovern knew that he was training Tipman to take his job and he did such a nice, you know, he was so helpful and all the time, especially at the, you know, in the trenches, everybody's not so helpful, <laughs> Gordon, like that. So, you know, Tipman is, is, you know, waiting in the wings. So we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, Yusef is, Yusef is in Jersey. Yusef, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? How we doing? Good question for you. Um, okay, Zach Wilson. Full disclosure, 
I'm a Cowboys fan. And oh my God, oh, bite my tongue. I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm also a football fan. How do you get those two confused? Cowboy fan, <laughs> Eagle fan. <laughs> It's been a long day. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, give me a cheeseburger. Oh, wait a second. What am I saying? (laughs) How, I mean, the fan base, right? They act like this kid picked himself number two overall. My point is that I don't hear a lot of flack for the front office. I don't hear a lot of flack for the front office who've won Pick the number two overall at this point has seen several years of his work. No, he's not a good quarterback. Bring in, move heaven and earth to bring in Aaron Rodgers. And then Aaron is almost 40 years old. So possibility of injury goes through the roof at that age in the NFL. And you're sitting there saying, if Aaron goes down, we believe in Zach Wilson. Well, I'll tell you this, Joseph, and and thanks for the phone call. You haven't been listening to us a lot. (laughs) I was going to say, have you been? He said it was a long day at work, so maybe you didn't get a chance to listen. But we've been pretty consistent. We have hammered Joe Douglas for the pick. Yeah, it's not good. And and we're not alone. 